0: Broadcasting live from the Business
1: Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts. All right, everybody, welcome to the Franchise Bible Coach Radio podcast with Rick and Rob. And Rob, we have two Robs for you today, so two Robs are better than one, right, Rob?
0: That's right.
1: (laughs) Rob and Rob. So everybody, our uh, special guest today is Rob Cecil from Alaire Homes. And he's their Chief Development Officer. So he's our special guest. We're excited to hear more about their, uh, their gold nuggets of wisdom they're going to share with us today. Uh, but we'll get into an introduction for Rob in just a second. So I'm going to just give you some information about the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge at FranchiseBibleCoach.com. You can join the fight, folks, if you haven't done so yet. Uh, Even though we're we're coming to the tail end of the initial twelve weeks, that doesn't mean it's too late. You can join the fight for your franchise challenge and then go back and review the archived uh, coaching sessions, video sessions, podcasts, articles are all archived on the website. Usually, they're about a week or two behind. So, what you really want to do is get signed up uh, on the email sign up so that you get those weekly emails in your inbox every week that will give you the free coaching session. The Uh, podcast, the article, and the invitation to participate in the Franchise uh, Facebook page. So check that out at FranchiseBibleCoach.com and join the fight for your Franchise Challenge. It's a free initiative, once again, just our way of giving back to the industry that we love. And we're going to get right into it now, and I'm going to introduce Rob Ganley, my co-host, to get started. Hey, Rob.
0: Hey, Rick. How are you? It's good to be here. And Rob... I appreciate you, Rob Cecil, Chief Development Officer of Allaire Homes. Um, I, we appreciate you. Um, before we get started, I also wanna thank our sponsor, SEO Samba. Uh, they are the inventor of a very unique platform called the Franchise Marketing Operating System, the first one of a kind, uh, one of, uh, of its kind. And so you can check more out at seosamba.com. So Rob, uh, it's good to have you here today. Um, we're in interesting times, uh, so as we get started here in our conversation, tell us a little bit about Alaire Homes, about yourself, about how Alaire came to be, and, and how you became Chief Development Officer.
2: Yeah, well, first, thank you, Rick and Rob, for for having me as well as Alaire here. So it's it's quite the honor. Uh, so Alaire Homes started in British Columbia, uh, which is where our home office still is in Nanaimo, BC. Uh, back in 2007, it was founded by uh, a guy by the name of Blair McDaniel. And Blair started, uh, he, he his background was framing, uh, did a lot of uh, major commercial framing, things like that. Uh, and then he had a a friend, family friend, who approached him to build their custom home. And having worked in the commercial space, he said, look, the only way that I would consider doing this is if we would do all of the planning up front and confirm all of the costs and all of the selections and everything that would go in to building your home. And we would know all of that up front before we ever go into construction because I'm more interested in maintaining our relationship than I am building that home. And so uh, from there, it was an idea that was really taken from the commercial space, as most builders know. Uh, you would never go in and do a large commercial uh, project of any sort without typically the investor and the developers and everyone knowing exactly what everything is going to cost before you start digging. Uh, but oddly enough, in a residential space, uh, it's just one of those industries where uh, so often, guys, you have the homeowner and you have the builder who go into an agreement. One agrees to purchase the, the new home that's being built. The other one agrees to build it and neither one of them actually know how much it costs. So it's an odd thing. We just don't typically do that, but the home industry has been dealing that way for frankly a couple hundred years. So that worked out really well. Um, and uh, from there, Allaire Homes was, was launched. And in uh, about 2009, uh, Blair decided he wanted to open another office down in Victoria. And it wasn't long before he was realizing that the same experience that his clients were getting up in the Nanaimo region, uh, the same thing wasn't happening down in Victoria. And so what he realized was that even though it was only an hour and a half, two hours by car, that there was no way to really be able to manage remotely uh, and get the same quality and the same commitment from the team there, even though they knew what they were doing. Uh, about that same time, somebody uh, that he knew reached out to him from Edmonton, uh, Alberta, and said, hey, look, I'm launching a new construction company, uh, but I don't want to build out all the infrastructure. Could I borrow your people and just use your back end? You've got an accounting team. You've got all these operations. You've got this new software. Could I just basically, could you lend it to me? Believe it or not, that was uh, the beginning of the franchise model because that was in 2012 uh, when they finally put the first office in Edmonton. Uh, we're now you know, eight years into franchising and we have 122 operating offices today. And we tend to grow uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of two to five units a quarter.
0: That's not a bad clip.
2: It's uh, it's been interesting. Um, you know, our first U.S. office uh, was in twenty, late twenty fourteen, and we're in uh, fifteen states today. So over that six years, we've seen we've seen some real growth. Yeah,
0: congratulations. That's not an easy feat. Whenever I hear people over hundred, I always say that's a that's a nice place to be above a hundred, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, with that growth, of course, comes a lot of challenges. But uh, we're we're pretty satisfied with the way things are going. And there was a significant shift in our business model uh, right around 2015, where we had made a decision we were no longer going to take on a new franchisee uh, that did not already have an existing business. So we made a conscious decision to move, if you will, out of the startup world and into the conversion, or as we like to call it, transformation space. So our goal is to go out, seek out the top 10% of all existing builders, remodelers, or renovators, as they call them in Canada, and uh, convert them into Allaire franchisees. And so that's been uh, a central component to a lot of our growth. Makes sense.
1: Wow, conversions, that's awesome. Um, so your model is a little different than a lot of the folks we've been interviewing over the last couple of months during the fight for your franchise challenge Rob. We have um, restaurants and we've had uh, fitness uh, operators and, and, the, and the such and the retail type businesses. Uh, tell us a little bit about how COVID-19 has reshaped your business model and how it's impacted your, your franchisees, your brand overall.
2: Well, first of all, my heart goes out to the guys you're just talking about. I know it's been a yes. particularly challenging period for them. Um, and so, and, and I have some friends in that space. And so I know that's been a really, really tough thing. Uh, it's interesting because when uh, COVID hit, uh, we as an executive team, uh, I have a, I'm on an executive team with four other members. Uh, we had just made a new set of really large growth plans at the end of February And what we call our Black Friday, which was March 13th, is when we realized we needed to do something rapidly, fast, and also quite substantial, and to ensure that, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know at the time. And so we knew that the first order of business was to make sure that when we got to the quote unquote other side of this, that there was a strong... Franchisor system that was still there to come back to and so we made some really swift moves but it's interesting guys because we in most of our markets were considered essential mm-hmm. that that is obviously very different than um uh, i apologize for that um than many of the others you've been speaking about but it didn't come without its challenges because we had some regions where, as we call them, we have different regions uh, and our business models based on regional partners, um, and then our franchisees are known as partners. We had some of our regions that were essentially shut off. Uh, So Ontario, for example, if a permit had already been pulled and you had already started construction, you could continue, albeit you had to do it in a new defined, uh, safe social distance way. So that created its own set of challenges, but no new permits were being pulled Um, and just literally that just changed back uh, just past this past week. Hmm. Then we had some other markets that saw a significant spike in new inquiries for people looking to uh, either buy and remodel or to build new homes and it was interesting because we saw much of that activity was happening outside our urban markets. So when you think about what people were dealing with at that time, and many still are, uh, we found that interesting that uh, some of our regions where, where we build second homes on, and lake regions and things like that had a significant uptick in activity. So when you add it all together, it was a challenging time, but because we were considered essential, we recognized that we were very, very fortunate and by and large, we have come out of this on the other side, uh, essentially in a growth, not a decline. Okay, wonderful. Uh, system-wide. Good. and it's good to hear. That is a positive. That's
0: a positive note.
2: You, but again, we had no idea at the time, right? So uh, we, we obviously cut back some of our home office team. Uh, we've since brought them back. Uh, but you know, it was a scary time for all of us. And when you're running uh, an operation, like any franchise, you recognize you have an extreme amount of responsibility to uh, each and every one of those partners who has really banked their f- entire life and future and their family's future around what you do. And we take that very seriously. I know every franchise or does, uh, but because of uh, the nature of our business having a very, very long tail, you know, a, a, any of our our projects could last anywhere from, you know, three to 35 months. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that can happen during that time. Uh, but otherwise, you know, this has been a, uh, a, both a learning opportunity for us. We think we've become a better management team. Uh, we track uh, our numbers a little bit tighter than we ever have. And we were pretty good at it to begin with. Uh, and we feel like we have helped uh, our franchisees, uh, keep a very, very lean business model, which is core to what we do anyway. So we're a no risk lean business model.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you're, you're being tested in ways you never would have uh, wanted to be Um we're all going through this experience. We don't really have a choice, but what we're finding through the interviewing process is that uh, most organizations are getting better for it right now. The results might not be there. The, the restrictions may still be there but mm-hmm. the the effort and the focus on the concept of franchising has is at an all time high, right? I hear a lot of people saying their communication is better, the participation from their partners or franchisees is better. you know there's more innovation uh, so it's it's working the way franchising is supposed to work, right? Um, and so with that being said, uh, and, and Rob, this being near and dear to your heart, how does it look for franchise development? How are you guys uh, addressing that? And what does that look like for you going forward?
2: Well, I'll try to answer this, guys, in a way that doesn't um, doesn't sound like we're tooting our own horn, so to speak here, right? But we believe that as horrible um, of a time this has been for everybody and a scary time and a global pandemic, first one, and anybody who's alive today can, can remember, at least those of us in this hemisphere, um, we kind of felt like we were built for this. And I think a lot of franchisees and franchisors would probably tell you the same thing, which is um, the, the strength of the diversity of your locations. If you've got all your business into one central location somewhere um, and something happens there, whether that's natural or man-made, Uh, you know, the risk go up dramatically. So uh, we feel like we were built for this, but mostly because our central premise to a contractor is one of the most dangerous things you can do is enter a contract to build a home for someone. Um, And we always joke and say, you know, uh, who, who in their right mind would have taken two of the most litigious industries you can find, franchising and construction, (laughs) <laughs> bring them together, right? Yeah, who, yeah. who in the right mind would do that? Um, but because we are a very lean model, um, uh, and we don't take on the risk, uh, 100% of our projects are client funded. Um, it's actually attracted uh, a number of contractors that we've been speaking to for a long time. Uh, they reached out to us and said, you know what, this is all making sense instantly for me because think about it. You know, if you're being honest, uh, I've built a business, uh, let's say I have Cecil Construction or, uh, you know, Ganley Construction and uh, spent 10, 15, 20 years building this brand. Uh, I'm very proud of it, as I should be perhaps, very successful. Uh, Why would I want to throw all of that away? So that's an initial obvious reaction uh, and a great question. And it's one obviously that we can answer very well. Uh, But for many of them, they saw now that, Most construction companies, you are building your infrastructure, and typically that's people and equipment and resources for the future, for revenue you have not received yet. Um, Whereas in our model, uh, we have elasticity. So if you have a down cycle, uh, all at once, you're not using the resources as much as you would. So our back-end system, we have full end-to-end accounting, so not just bookkeeping, but full-on accounting up to and including uh year in tax prep, everything. So I have a very, very sophisticated uh, construction accounting team uh, that's led by uh, Katrina McLaughlin, our CFO, uh, and then a whole group of controllers and a series of uh, experts underneath uh, them. And so uh, obviously if you have a number of projects on the go, uh, you're tapping into all of the operations and accounting teams a lot more during that, that time. But if all at once you go off a cliff, those costs stop, unlike in a typical business where you still have all of this overhead that you're continuing to maintain. So that's one of the reasons why many of our more successful contractors, who are running very large multi-million dollar businesses, uh, they realize that by having this elasticity, it allowed them to be able to scale, offset the risk, um, and also for many of them to open multiple offices in different uni- in different regions.
1: Hmm. Well, it's good to hear. So your, your model is a little bit different and uh, you have different uh, pros and cons naturally during this time. So that's good. The, the idea with uh, this initiative is to give words of wisdom uh, for those franchise owners and those franchisors that are out there uh, trying to figure out not only how to survive, but thrive. And th- this last phase of this initiative uh, is kind of winding down uh, with, with a, a celebration on the 4th of July, which is going to be an online celebration just to, to nice. kind of give everybody a pat on the back and say, Hey, we got through those three months. And uh, <laughs> right. not that it's going to be over, but hopefully we will have come a long way uh, to recover and we got through it together. So we look forward to that. But when you think about your, your team, your, your franchise or, I mean, your franchise team and your franchisees, how do you, do, you, do you see any stories of either franchise owners or customers or, or innovation that happened within your organization that really stands out in your mind as something that uh, would be inspiring to, to the listeners?
2: Well, I, I probably am saying things that others have said, which is uh, communication is key. Also, being brutally honest. Um, you know, not everything is, is good. And so uh, we felt get out in front of it as fast and as hard as you can. We would much rather be accused later of overreacting, than right. being caught, you know, um, flat-footed. Uh, but you know, just like we're talking today and using, you know, using this technology, uh, many of our partners never thought that they would be able to meet like we're meeting right now, and mm-hmm. essentially work through a project plan because we have an extensive project planning. Uh, process that happens prior to construction in our model. They never thought they would be able to get in this type of environment and talk to homeowners like yourselves and uh, ultimately educate them to to point where they were able to make a decision and sign a planning agreement and get into planning during this downtime. And so uh, for our business, it was that, which was we were able to use this downtime to emphasize the, the, the smart ways to do business with us in the first place. And we didn't necessarily need to be physically across the table, although we would all prefer that, wasn't necessary. Um, and, and second was to ensure that our franchisees, their own clients uh, were aware that we had done absolutely everything we could to ensure that everything that we promised them, whether it was before COVID or post COVID, Uh, that we are absolutely in a position to be able to carry that out and carry that out in a safe and smart way. Um, You know, guys, as you say, there's pros and cons for everything. Uh, You know, for, for us, the pros might've been our diversity and the fact that we were considered essential in most locations. Um, You know, but the con is also that when you have a large ticket item, average project value for us is, you know, near half a million dollars. Um, There's, there's a lot of fear that can be, entered into the space very, very quickly. Uh, so it was about, you know, staying true to your core values, but also ensuring that you're communicating to those clients to say, we're going to plan for every eventuality that might happen. And we're going to have a plan for that in advance. And if something happens a second wave because such of a long tail that we have with our, our projects take so long, um, For all we know, we could see a second wave in the autumn. They're saying we might. Uh, So we're building in contingency plans now to say, if that were to happen, here's how we would do it. And so that's the only advice I could give is to uh, the first time none of us had a chance to prepare for it. This is a great opportunity to say, what did we learn? How do we put that into place? So whether it's COVID or something like that or something completely different in the future, we're ready to Be much more nimble when something comes along. And I think that's a hallmark of a great organization, a great leadership is to be prepared for anything that might happen and have a plan for it because your franchisees at the end of the day, they're that's what they're buying into. They're counting on you to be able to look a little bit further down the horizon uh, and know that when something comes up, you've got their back.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, we always like to focus on the community of the franchise organization model that you're never alone. And uh, that's really, Absolutely. that's really been evident. And just about every, every franchisor and franchise owner we've talked to in the last couple of months for the podcast that, that the community that they have with the franchise organization and the other franchise owners is really been uh, something of importance to them. I
2: I believe this, this time, this COVID event um, will continue to drive more eyeballs toward the franchise world Mm -hmm. because of that reason right there is that when something it's, it's fine to be alone when everything's great, but when it's not so great, do you want to be out there alone or do you want to be with other like-minded people who are there to support one another? It's pretty simple, right? So yeah. Yeah, it, it's the
0: worst kind of situation, but probably the best kind of endorsement for the franchise model and for the industry. Um, 100%. Everybody we talk to is, is just seeing uh, that, that community flourish, right? The interaction, the, commun- the communication, the ideas. Um, the, and, and some are saying, look, we're, we're changing for the better right now. Right? Mm-hmm. We want to get out there again and, and do what we did again. But right now we're, we're, we're optimizing, right? We're getting better, we're learning more. And so it's been, it's been exciting to, to hear that from folks.
2: It is exciting. And I think you'll see a lot of younger people um, take a, a new fresh look at franchising yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah we, this, anticipate,
1: right? we anticipate a boom after, uh, that's already starting frankly, I think because there's a lot of interest. There's a surge, there's people that are at home uh, that can 't get out, and they 're doing their research online, and so we 're seeing a, a surge of interest and so we anticipate that there will be a boom after this, and that franchising will will grow uh, in in powerful ways and I, and I think you 're right rob that that the younger generation uh, I write articles and speak a little bit on on uh, the millennial. Uh, factor you know we have to bring younger people into the industry, mm-hmm. and so the technology enabled industry uh, industries are going to be more likely to attract those folks and it 's really mission critical to bring in young blood into the franchise industry isn 't it
2: It absolutely is i mean our our project managers uh, are very different it 's a very different role than you would expect in a project manager of a, a traditional a construction company because of our business model. Without a franchise system, that wouldn't be possible. Uh, it's very attractive. It's a it's a really great career track. Uh, many of our franchisees today were once project managers inside mm-hmm. another franchise. So the opportunity to come in, learn uh, about an industry, and then ultimately own one or more. I have one uh, partner I'm thinking of who started as a General Carpenter moved up to a project manager. He now owns two alert franchises oh. and doing very, very well. So there's real opportunities in franchise space that really nobody else could, uh, you know, your typical corporate path just can't compete with. Yeah.
1: And some people get confused because they think of, a franchise is uh, a a food franchise. They don't know that you can find franchise opportunities in just about every uh, category these days. Uh, So franchising in its simplest form, I always say is a way to expand a brand around the country, around the world uh, and find like-minded people that want to collaborate and be part of that brand. Right. So, uh, you know, we're all in the franchise industry, but building homes and, and making uh, hamburgers are completely different models, but they're still both in the franchise industry. So franchising in the simplest form is just a way to expand a brand mm-hmm. and really have the scale of training and support and community and technology and resources and all the wonderful things that come with it. Right.
2: That's exactly right. Awesome. Well,
0: tell you what guys, that was good stuff before we wrap things up for uh, the mm-hmm. show today. Um, Rob, I want to I want to hand this to you. Is there any particular gold nugget we like to say? Anything that you want to make sure you leave with our listeners? Uh, maybe some learnings from the last three months. Uh, anything that kind of dawned on you as something that, yep, that was that was really apparent these last three months. Something you want to share?
2: We we doubled or tripled down in our scheduled group uh, mastermind sessions, and we think that's played a huge role. We're, we're we're a training centric organization, just like most franchises. Um, but every week we have this, one these crazy rules that we call them. Every week we meet uh, in an all partner call and all locations are there every Wednesday. Uh, we've added two or three additional mastermind sessions uh, that everybody's attending. And it's frankly, it's been not just to help on a business side, but as you are just saying a moment ago, Rick, um, the ability to lean on each other and to communicate and say, hey, I've got this issue. Uh, Somebody saying, hey, I, I had that three years ago, let me tell you about it. That's pretty classic inside of a franchise system. When you have something like this, double, triple down on your communication, make sure everybody realizes, hey, we're in this together, together we're gonna be stronger and look for innovations everywhere and don't be afraid to bring those forward because we want to be smarter, and a better organization on the other side. And most of the best ideas are probably not going to come from the top. They're going to come from somebody out there in the field. It could be your lowest level employee and one of your franchisees who see something. If you don't create a culture where it's actually not just okay to bring it, bring it forward, but it's actually encouraged to bring it forward, whether it's been fully fleshed out or not. Sometimes that's where the best innovations exist. So We've invited everybody to communicate more. It's been pretty fascinating. A couple of the most important things that we're bringing out of this was actually from those sessions, which was just, how do we learn from each other? What are we seeing? Hey, that's a great idea. That's now a new way. We're going to do something.
1: That's great. And we've seen, um, you know, if we're able to glean from the last couple of months and having these podcast interviews, uh, you're right, on, right in line with what we're hearing time and time again, which is franchisors are communicating with their franchise uh, communities like never before. Uh, more, more often uh, and in different ways uh, than ever before, uh, franchise owners are innovating and creating in, in ways we've never seen before. Uh, we're also seeing that the customer is looking for trust and they're looking for safety. They're looking for uh, being able to move forward and feel safe. So all of those are very, very important. Uh, transparency, communication, those things are, are the gold nuggets, folks. You have to think through that in your, in your franchise model. So, uh, well, Rob, uh, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us today on the Franchise Bible Coach Radio Podcast with Rick and Rob. And Rob, extra. We've got one extra, this, this one around. Uh, But we do appreciate you joining us. So folks, if you're out there and you want to learn more about the fight for your franchise challenge, go to franchisebiblecoach.com. And if you haven't joined yet, you can still join. It's free and you'll get weekly emails that will give you a free coaching session for me and an article and a podcast and everything is focused on a different subject every week. And it'll give you some, some things to think about and maybe some ways to help you get through this time and not only survive, but to thrive as a business owner. So check that out at FranchiseBibleCoach.com. And Rob, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts or we want to say thank you to our sponsors too?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, I love these interviews. Uh, Rob, I really appreciate your input, uh, your view. My pleasure. Yeah, especially coming from an uh, from, uh, international view as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to thank our sponsors, seosamba.com. Uh, you can check them out again. They're the, uh, the originators of the franchise marketing operating system. And once again, don't forget, uh, the fight for your franchise challenge. As Rick has mentioned, you can reach that at franchisebiblecoach.com. It's a name and an email and you're in. So we'd, we'd love to see your names. We'd love to uh, be working with, uh, with you. That's about all I have there, Rick.
1: Thank you, Rob. And, Thank you, Rob Cecil from Allaire Homes. And, and Rob, where do they go to learn more about your franchise?
2: Uh, you can visit us at AllaireHomes.com and or AllaireFranchise.com.
1: Perfect. And, on, and we've added your logo to the wall of fame at FranchiseBibleCoach.com. Folks, you can click on that logo and it'll take you to their franchise page. And where are you located? What's your head, where's your headquarters?
2: Our headquarters is in Nanaimo, British Columbia.
1: And Naimo, British Columbia. I can't even say that. <laughs> Naimo, okay.
2: It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. You should visit it sometime.
1: Oh, I've heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've heard. We'll definitely make our way up there once we can travel a little bit more, huh?
2: There you go. There you go. All
1: right. Well, thank we'll... you
2: guys for, for supporting the franchise industry the way you do. Uh, we really appreciate that.
1: Oh, well, you're welcome. We're all in it together. And I always say we're in the same storm. We may be in different boats, but we're in the same storm and we will get through it. If you ever want to get something done, you just find a bunch of entrepreneurs and that'll get done, right? There you go. Well, Thank you, everybody. I'm Rick Grossman signing off for Franchise Bible Coach Radio with Rick and Rob. And remember to keep fighting the good fight. Bye now.